Welcome to our study of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul writes about sonship. He said to the Galatians in verse 8, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. Many people talk about knowing God, and Paul writes that, but then in verse 9 he seems to catch himself and correct himself. He writes, But now that you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, now that's important, and that's assuring, if God knows us. I would rather have God know me than me to know God. Does God know his children? Oh, he does. Listen to Second Timothy chapter 2. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. In verse 8, Paul talked about how they were in bondage. They didn't know the true God. And now in verse 9, he's making a contrast. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, he asked a question. How can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? What were these elemental spirits? What were these weak principles to which they were turning back? This is not a reference to paganism. It refers to returning to the slavery of the law of Moses. It was weak because it could not give life or righteousness. It was beggarly because it had no richness of blessing, as grace does. Does grace bless us? Listen to Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. These Galatians had come out of paganism. Then they heard the gospel preached by Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. They believed and they rejoiced and they received the Spirit and they were new creatures in Christ Jesus. Then some Jewish brethren came along and taught them that they needed to be under the law and they went back into bondage. At least they were considering going back into bondage and even getting circumcised. And to that Paul is referring here when he said, How can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits whose slaves you want to be once more? Yes, it was a form of slavery going back under the law, keeping certain days holy, keeping festivals, getting circumcised tithing one's income. Those were obligations of Jews. But the Galatians aren't Jews. They are Christians. They have come to life in Christ Jesus. They are not disciples of Moses. They are disciples of Christ. And they were confused. Now these elemental things were things of the Jewish religion. And Paul expresses that. He makes clear that we understand it. These consist of ceremonial regulations. Listen to verse 10. You observe days and months 
and seasons and years. I'm afraid I have labored over you in vain. He said you observe days. What does he mean by days? The Sabbath days. And the law of the Sabbath originated on stone. There were months, new moon observances. There were seasons, Jewish feasts. There were at least three of them that compelled the men to go to Jerusalem. Pentecost, Passover, and the Feast of Tabernacles. There were years to observe, a Sabbath year and a Jubilee year. You'll read about that in Leviticus chapter 25. The Jewish law pertaining to years restored land to its owners. Slaves were released and debts were canceled. Paul is concerned. If they go back to that kind of thing, to observing those days as though God will be more pleased with them by their keeping of certain days, months, or years, or seasons, they must not then be trusting completely in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now consider how insulting this is to the cross work of Christ. If Christians have to keep certain rules and regulations in order to be pleasing with God, then faith in Christ is not worth very much. God has not established a system of law-keeping for his children who are sons. Slaves have laws, not sons. Whenever I hear anyone talking about how they need to tie their income and their meticulous attitude toward that kind of thing, or whether or not they'll mow the lawn or hang diapers out on the line on Sunday, I am afraid of them also. I wonder if they have ever understood the Christian faith as it's presented in the New Testament. They have made Christianity a legal system, and they have borrowed from the Old Testament what belongs to Israel, and they have taken those laws given to the people in bondage and applied them to people who are to be free. Free? Yes, Paul wrote for freedom Christ has set you free. Don't become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, why was Paul concerned then? Why was he afraid that he had labored over them in vain? Because they were forgiven and had eternal life, did they not? Indeed. But Paul's goal was more than simply bringing eternal life to people. Oh, that's important, just as a baby's birth is important, but we're not satisfied with having a baby born. We want a baby to live and to grow and to mature and to reproduce. And so it was with Paul. And he considered that if a believer lost his liberty, which Christ purchased for him to have, then Paul's ministry would be nearly wasted. He said that because he had experience with people who went back under the law. They became unfruitful. They did not bring others to Christ. They brought others into slavery. They became religious rather than free. They walked by Moses rather than walking by the Spirit. Paul took no pleasure in such people. He looked at Christians who gave up their liberty to go back under law into bondage as handicapped Christians. They didn't mature properly. They were always handicapped, always burdened in this slavery of the law. Paul wanted men to be free like he was free. 
I only wish that Christians would defend their liberty like Americans do when someone takes away their rights which are guaranteed under the Constitution. We ought to stand up to defend the liberty because Christ died to set us free. We have been discharged from the law. We have been warned not to go back into bondage. For freedom Christ has set you free. Stay free. Now we move on to Galatians chapter 4, verse 12, and this is one of the most passionate paragraphs in the New Testament, verses 12 through 20. Listen to Paul. Brethren, I beseech you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What has become of the satisfaction you felt? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked your eyes out and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy? By telling you the truth, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. For a good purpose, it is always good to be made much of, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, with whom I am again in travail, until Christ be formed in you, I could wish to be present with you now, and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. As you can see, it is an emotional passage. But it is also a difficult passage, for Paul begins this section by saying, Become as I am, for I also have become as you are. This seems to express a plea to imitate the Apostle Paul, in which case he is telling them that he was once under the law, but he abandoned Judaism to preach Christ. In doing so, he became like they were, people as Gentiles, apart from the law of the Jews. Become like me means living for Christ under grace, with no obligation to Moses' law. Paul left Judaism, and he left all his own righteousness, which he tried to earn by the law. He counted all this as waste or dung. Listen to Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Verses 6 and 7, As to the righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul wrote, Brethren, join in imitating me. On that first missionary journey, the gospel of grace was preached by Paul and Barnabas in Galatia. And the Galatians responded, and Paul urged them to continue in what? To continue in the grace of God. We learn that from Acts 13. Paul and Barnabas had gone to Antioch, and they went to the synagogue and preached there. And we read in verse 43, And when the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who spoke to them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Ah, they had abandoned what they had been converted to. You see, these Galatians had been 
converted to Judaism, first of all, and that's where they heard Paul the Apostle preached, and now they were leaving Judaism to follow Christ and to get the new life. They were trying to become physical descendants of Abraham by becoming Jews. They were undergoing circumcision and living by the law of Moses. But now they heard the gospel. The problem is they were going back under that law again. And so Paul writes, You have done me no wrong. And that statement likely is connected with what follows. They had great love for Paul. Or it may mean that their interest in law and circumcision was not a wrong against Paul personally. Paul is pleading to win back their confidence and their former love. These people were confused. And so he reminds them of their great love when an illness forced him to remain with them on that first journey. In verse 14 indicates that the illness was repulsive, but in love they had overlooked it. And instead of despising or scorning him, they accepted him like Christ himself. And I'm not surprised, because Paul represented Christ. He spoke only the words of Christ. He was a man of truth. No one ought to call himself a servant of Christ if he doesn't preach the words of Christ. Well, our time has elapsed, and we'll have to continue this passionate paragraph next week. I hope you'll join me here. If you are benefiting from this program, please tell a friend, but also tell us. Till next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.